Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade Talk Radio, and all of this discussion about marriage, same-sex marriage, transgender, zoophilia, pedophilia, all this stuff that I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is all a major distraction to draw attention away from several serious national security threats that are posing imminent danger to Americans. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is actual fact. No one is discussing the fact that we continue to send, by the end of this month, which will be tomorrow and the next day, $12 billion to Iran. This is not a condition for negotiating for them to stop their nuclear program. We have been funding and helping Iran develop their nuclear weapons program since 1953. Google all the Shah's men and read the book, And you will see how the CIA and the U.S. government is responsible for what has happened to Iran for the last several generations. America should be ashamed of ourselves. We blame the very countries that we've created atrocities in. Not just in Iran, but in Iraq and in Afghanistan. And while people are whining and complaining about same-sex marriage and whether or not the government should be controlling and regulating marriage... There, was, there were several atrocities that happened on Friday. Forty people killed, mauled down, attacked, who were tourists on a Tunisian beach. A man whose head was decapitated and posted on a fence outside of a French factory. And a mosque that was blown up in Kuwait. Now, why did all of this happen? Well, between June 17th and July 17th, quote unquote, is the month for the peaceful reflection and fasting of Ramadan. Under Islam, they are called to fast for one month. And so what was the purpose of the fasting? Well, according to ISIS and to the Islamic State and ISIL, which is the Islamic State of the Levant, which is what Obama refers to. He doesn't refer to the Islamic State. He refers to it of the Levant because the Levant encompasses a huge geographic area of Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, parts of northern Africa, including Egypt. So the reality is that there is, an, there is a goal for Islamification as a civilization alternative in the Levant, which is, what is, which is what ISIS is perpetuating. And what was the claim? What was the claim? What was the call to action of ISIS? Well, this is what ISIS said for Ramadan. Ramadan called people to actually commit heinous acts. This is what ISIS and Islam is. The message, an audio message that you can Google, read it, listen to it online. This is what Muslims were being called to do by ISIS. Jihadists should make Ramadan a time of, quote, calamity for the infidels, Shiites and apostate Muslims. Muslims everywhere, we congratulate you over the arrival of the holy month. Be keen to conquer in this holy month and become exposed to martyrdom. 
So what happens first? Well, Friday morning in the northwest area of the Alpine city of Grenoble in France, a delivery man crashes a car into an industrial gas plant operated by an Allentown, uh, Allentown Pennsylvania-based air products and chemicals company. So a Pennsylvania company has a base for an industrial gas plant in France. Two men go into their into this plant, they storm inside, and they kill the delivery man's boss. Then they decapitate him, and they put his head on a fence. There were Arabic phrases scrawled on it, on a flag, and on a sign, which Sky News and, and, the, foreign, and the foreign press, agents, France press, the foreign news services are reporting and showing the decapitated have, which I have a picture of and I'm not going to post because it's disgusting. Simultaneously, while the man is being decapitated, what happens? Well, along the coastal town of Indonesia, a uh, beach in Sousse, at least 37 people were killed and 36 more were wounded. The dead included Tunisians, British, German, and Belgian tourists. Then what happened? Another attack, nearly around the same time. 25 people were killed and more than 200 were wounded in a mosque in Kuwait City. A suicide bomber. Now, why, why are all of these attacks happening at the same time? Several hundred people were attacked on Friday. This is not a coincidence. These are not random, sporadic, lone wolf attacks. These were calls to the jihadi call that ISIS was saying, do, f this is what we must do. We must have martyrdom for the holy month. We must conquer. We must go after all of the apostates and the infidels. And who were these apostates and infidels? They were British, Tunisian, German, and Belgium. And Kuwaiti. So, and French. And American. So tell me exactly, how is it that a man can be decapitated in France and hundreds can be injured in Kuwait and Tunisia. It's possible because of Muslims who are answering the call to kill during Ramadan. And by the way, the answer to call, the call to kill actually, is stated throughout the Quran. When you read the Quran, it is instructed throughout to kill the non-believers who are constantly referred to as the losers. You must kill the people who reject Islam, who reject submitting to what is outlined in the Quran. What people need to understand is that this is serious. These are terrorist attacks. There are terrorist attacks instructed specifically by Islam. And so while we are celebrating the rainbow flag and blaming the confederate flag the black flag is causing death it is relentless it is determined the black flag's call for death will not end people need to understand this what is happening throughout the world specifically during Ramadan, is an instruction to kill. 
This is exactly what Islam is. This is exactly what is in the Quran. Instruction to kill. What people do not understand is that the rainbow flag is completely irrelevant. The Confederate flag is completely irrelevant. But the black flag, the flag of death that represents the Islamic State, Islam, and on the black flag, it states Muhammad, the Quran, and Allah. That Allah is the one true God, and Muhammad is his prophet. And what did the man say before he decapitated the guy in France? Alua Akbar. It's captured on CCTV. And what did the suicide bomber say prior to blowing up the mosque in Kuwait City? Alua Akbar. And what did the people say, the gunmen who opened fire with automatic rifles on a beach, who people are laying out and tanning on vacation in Tunisia? And what, does, what is proclaimed before that massacre? You want to talk about a massacre? Nine people being shot in what I believe was an orchestrated act and was not actually an event of some guy who's insane, but a government-orchestrated act which many people are reporting on. Why on earth would nine people's families be given $29 million by the government? Why on earth would the shooter go in with wearing a bulletproof vest underneath his shirt? Why would this person drive 150 miles to a church that he's never been to? And why would he shoot 30 bullets within a certain period of time and these people can't get out of the church? There are many questions, including timestamps and dates on CCTV coverage of the shooting in Charleston that do not make sense. If you look at the timestamps and you look at the actual pictures and photographs, you see that none of these things make they do not make any sense. Shadows of the sun cannot be changed unless you're going to Photoshop and and orchestrate actual photos of timestamps and dates that do not match with the actual place of where the sun is on the globe. That's a whole other issue in terms of Charleston being an, an orchestrated event. It's not a conspiracy theory. If anybody were on a crime scene and investigating and they were taking photographs and evidence from a crime scene, there would be numerous questionable evidence that no one is reporting on or even discussing. There was a gut reaction to people being shot in a church when in reality that was completely orchestrated and staged while Jade Helm is being implemented in seven states in the United States of America to prepare for martial law. Now let's get away from that for a minute. I was talking about a massacre. A massacre. 40 people killed Several hundred wounded, a man decapitated, all on the same day, all on the same day, the call for Ramadan to kill. People need to understand that it is the black flag. It is the black flag in nearly every state in the United States of America that is causing serious, imminent threats to national security. It is not the rainbow flag. It is not the Confederate flag. It is the black flag. And Americans, you better wake up because I'm going to go through what the criminal Muslim ideology is, as a Danish psychiatrist says, what is happening in Europe 
will happen here unless we do something. You're listening to Bethany Blankley and Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be back after the break. We're going to talk more about what the black flag represents in Europe and in the United States of America because what Islam teaches is death to everyone who does not submit to Sharia law. This is not a joke. It's serious. And you ask any Muslim to refute that claim and they cannot do it because they cannot make a claim that, that is contrary to what the Quran teaches. I'll be back. You're listening to Bethany on Renegade Health Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. And I'm talking about the black flag that is waving throughout the world, calling for death to everyone who is not submissive to Sharia law. The black flag represents Muhammad, the Quran, and Allah. This is not a conspiracy. This is fact. This is not extremism. This is what is taught in the Quran. Get a Quran. Read it. You can get one for free. Read it online. The call to kill is instructed by Muhammad. People killing right now in the name of Islam, in the name of the black flag, and ISIS. ISIS who are Sunni Muslims, who are being funded by Saudi Arabia, who are also largely Sunnis. And Turkey. And most of the Muslim countries, especially Qatar, which is the the headquarters for the Muslim Brotherhood. People killing right now. This is not an irrational fear. Remember, phobia, when anybody calls anyone an Islamophobe, they're using the word phobia, which usually refers to an irrational fear. Is it irrational for someone to be afraid of being killed by someone because they refuse to submit to Sharia law? Is it irrational to say, I am against female genital mutilation? I am against honor killings. I am against institutionalized sex trafficking of children. It is not irrational to say that you are anti-policies and ideology that implement actions that are against and committing grievous human rights. The reality is that this, what Islam is perpetuating has nothing to do with phobia. If anything, it's a phobia against Western ideology. It's against democracy. It's against freedom of speech. It's against freedom of religion or freedom not to practice a religion. It's against child marriages. The reality is that policies that protect women and children from violence being committed against them is called democratic and human rights laws that reject Sharia law. It is not phobic to want to protect women and children from violence being committed against them. It is not phobic to call out Muslims who are committing, consistently committing genocide against Christians and systematic, systematic killing of Jews and journalists or anybody who might expose the true nature of Islam. Free speech does not exist in Muslim-majority countries. Neither do rights for women or gays or transgender or Jews. This is why previous to the hundreds of thousands of people and actually millions who are 
refugees from Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan. This is why churches no longer exist. This is why Christians no longer exist. This is why the letter N was marked on Christians' homes. Because they were identified as non-Muslims and they were identified as the people to persecute and kill. This is why genocide of Christians has gone through the roof over the last year. What's really important to understand is that the black flag represents death for a reason. Now, I want to explain what's going on in Europe. We're going to talk a lot about Scandinavian countries because they foreshadow what is to come. Crime, financial disaster, and exodus from your country because of Muslim immigration, because of immigration policies that welcome with open arms Muslim immigrants who are coming in to destroy that Western culture, specifically under the civilization jihad, as I've already explained, within the three phases of Islam. Now, I want to talk about Sweden. In October of 2014, the Swedish police released a report identifying that there were 55 no-go zones. A no-go zone is where the Western law enforcement, the Western ideas, the laws are not enforced. They don't exist. So in 55 no-go zones in Sweden, Islamic Sharia law rules that area. Not the Western law of Sweden. Not Swedish law. And so this report, the Swedish police reported that there are 55 no-go zones in Sweden where law enforcement does not exist because criminal Muslim gangs rule those areas. In addition to those no-go zones, there are 186, quote, exclusive areas comprised of Muslim immigrants who are largely unemployed and on welfare. At the same time, the Swedish Ambulance Union says they will not go to these no-go zones. The Swedish Ambulance Union says they will not go to these 186 exclusion areas. They will not go there unless they are provided with military gear. Otherwise, forget it. They're not going into the no-go zone. Why? Because it's dangerous. The Muslim immigrants reject Swedish law. They reject the laws of the land to which they have emigrated. So in 186 exclusion areas, forget about it. There's no police. There's no ambulance. There's no civil or criminal law according to the law of the land of Sweden. Now, in 2006, several years back, the Swedish Integration Board, why is there an integration board? Because all of these Western countries are creating, quote unquote, integration departments. Integration departments are designed to, quote unquote, help Muslim immigrants become Swedish or Danish or British or whatever or German. The point is they don't want to integrate. That is the entire point. You can have as many bureaucratic departments set up as you want. There will be no integration. This is not like immigration of the 20th century. This is completely different. Now, according to the integration board, 67% of Swedes who were surveyed feel that Islamic values, quote, are not compatible with those of Swedish society. Regarding, so the majority of Swedes say, listen, Islam doesn't, Islam is exactly the opposite. Islam is not compatible with Swedish society. And rather than listen to its citizens, what did the Swedish government do? It continued to finance a self-destructive immigration policy 
and it increased taxes. And Sweden has gone into debt. The former Swedish Prime Minister Friedrich Reinfeldt said, quote, it will cost you money. We will not be able to afford much else. They are going bankrupt because they are funding welfare policies and trying to deal with increases in crime related to Muslim immigrants who are causing the crime. Right now in Sweden, they are borrowing 10 million kroner per hour to finance Muslim immigration. Sweden is importing 100,000 Muslims per year under quote-unquote asylum. And that amount of Muslims, 100,000 Muslims per year, is equivalent to each taxpayer's monthly wage. Imagine working one month to pay for Muslim immigrants coming into your country and still, despite all the taxes you're paying to your government, the government is still in debt. And what's happening? Swedes are leaving their homeland. In 2011 alone, 50,000 Swedes left They emigrated. In 2011, more Swedes left than they did when they came to America in 1887. Why are Swedes, why are the Swedish leaving Sweden? Because their government is not protecting them from the influx of immigrants who are coming in, going on their welfare system intentionally, and then committing crimes to the point that their own police department will not go there to enforce the Swedish law. The ambulatory union, the ambulance, the, the paramedics, they will not go to certain neighborhoods because they are, do not feel protected. So the Swedish government is no longer protecting its own people. They are paying for, to their own detriment, all of the costs associated with importing 100,000 Muslims per year. This is the insanity of what's happening in Sweden. 55 no-go zones, 186 exclusion areas. And for what? So Sweden can go into debt for people who don't want to be Swedes? So that 50,000 Swedes are leaving their homes because they don't feel safe in their own country? This is an example of a government failing its own people. Sweden's culture and heritage is going down the drain. And Sweden represents a huge red flag, a major red light blinking, waving, saying, disaster, wake up, America, wake up. Change your immigration policies. Change law enforcement. Do not allow people into your country who are only determined to destroy it. This is not conspiracy. This is not, this is not irrational fear. Why on earth are more people leaving Sweden in 21st century than they were in 1887 when they came to America. This is unreal. It's unbelievable. But it's happening. Islamic ideology does not teach integration. It teaches the opposite. The immigrants coming into Sweden are rejecting Swedish laws. They are rejecting Swedish authority, customs, culture. They have no interest in that. Yet under dimitude, they will go on welfare, which is why 80% of Muslims are on welfare in Europe. And the same thing is happening in the United States of America. So I'm going to talk, when we get back from the break, I'm going to talk more about the tragedy of what's happening to Europe because of the influx of Muslim immigrants and the criminal Muslim mind, the ideology of Islam. 
that's going in and infiltrating prisons and the welfare system and bankrupting Western countries because they're going on welfare and committing incredible crimes. If you think Sweden is bad, wait till you hear about what's happening in Denmark and in France and in the United Kingdom. We'll be back. It's Bethany on Renegade Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Bethany, I'm Renegade Talk Radio, and I'm talking about the black flag that is waving. And people are so concerned about the rainbow flag and the Confederate flag. But in reality, they're ignoring the black flag in their own state, like Islamville in South Carolina. The black flag that's in Texas. The black flag that is in jihad camps all throughout the United States. The black flag that is killing people in France and Tunisia and Kuwait and Syria and Jordan and Lebanon in Sudan, in Uganda, in Nigeria, you name it, wherever the black flag is, it's killing Jews and Christians and basically everybody who refuses to submit to Sharia. And what's happening in Europe is a foreshadowing of what will happen in America if we do not act and soon. Now, I want to just go through a brief survey of Scandinavia and then I'll get into the UK. In Norway, Sweden, and Denmark imams are calling for decapitation and for jail for anyone who rejects Islam. Why? Because as immigrants, they reject European laws and values. They are not coming in to integrate to become Danish, Swedish, or Norwegian. They are coming in as part of the immigration infiltration to implement Sharia law. It's part of the civilization jihad. Now listen, in Sweden, Muslim immigrants account for 5% of its population. We're talking about 5% of the population. But they are committing 77% of the crime. Sweden has a rape crisis is a direct influx of it's directly correlated to the influx of Muslim quote unquote asylum seekers. When you look at the crime statistics through the each city and I had someone help me and I use Swedish information. You can read more about this in, on the Washington Times website in a column that I wrote that has to do with Islam in Europe and the criminal Muslim psyche. The small percentage of Muslim immigrants in Sweden are causing the majority of the crime. Amnesty International reported that Sweden has the highest number of rapes in Europe and the lowest conviction rate. According to Swedish Public Radio, in Stockholm alone, in Stockholm in Sweden, over 1,000 Swedish women reported that a Muslim immigrant raped them. 300 of these women were under age 15. Imagine having a 15-year-old and she's raped by a Muslim immigrant and he is not convicted and he is not deported. One-third of everyone living in Stockholm is an immigrant and 24% of those immigrants are Muslim. Now listen, the numbers that have been reported that I was able to get, they only represent about 25% of the rapes that occur or are reported because the officials are claiming that the majority of rapes go unreported. So the reported amount only reflect a small percentage. And despite this, the government of Sweden refuses to admit that the assailants are Muslim. But you look at the crime statistics. 
of the immigrants that are coming into the cities and how they correlate to the number of crimes and the escalation of costs associated with those crimes and the number of people filling the jails. It's common sense, common sense, facts right in front of their face. The people who are committing the crimes are the Muslim immigrants. And what's happening? Crime has spiked to unprecedented levels because of immigration and asylum policies. So much so that in Norway, their jails can't sustain them. They're overcapacitated. They are full of Muslim immigrants. And so what is Norway's response? Norway's response is we're going to deport the criminal Muslims back to where they came from. We are repatriating you back to where you came from. We are sending you Muslim immigrants back to Nigeria. We are sending you back to Afghanistan, to Romania, and to Morocco. We cannot continue to pay for your crime in our jails. You refuse to agree to Norwegian customs and laws. You reject our civil and criminal laws. We're not going to continue to pay for you and fund you in our jails. We're going to deport you. We are deporting you back to where you came from. You are not here to become Norwegian. We are repatriating you back to where you came from. And that's what they're doing. The Norwegian response, and rightly so, is we are going to deport the criminals back to where they came from. Good for you, Norway. Sweden, however, isn't doing that. They have a National Council for Crime Prevention. Can you believe this? And the European Commissioner for Home Affairs in Sweden, they re- she refuses to admit that the assailants are Muslim. Now, I want to tell you what's going on in Holland. In Amsterdam, Het Perul, which is a newspaper, reported that young male Moroccan second-generation immigrants, they're Dutch citizens, but they don't identif- identify as being Dutch. They're second-generation Moroccan immigrants. They are publicly murdering in broad daylight citizens who are not immigrants who do not who are Amers, who are who are um, dutch citizens they're publicly murdering them with ak-47s in broad daylight and the newspaper reports that they quote have an unstoppable march to become the largest group of violent criminals in their country these are not isolated incidents yet these Acts of violence continue despite decades of government efforts to divert young Muslims away from crime. This is what's happening. Crime. It's not Muslim immigrants coming on asylum are not coming to make society better in Norway and Sweden and Holland and Denmark. They are only contributing costs associated with welfare and crime. And so what's happening in Amsterdam? Well, a Dutch Prime Minister, or the Dutch uh, Member of Parliament, Michael de Graaf, this is what he's saying. He is imploring his colleagues, deport Muslims. We've got to deport them. They are costing us $7 billion a year in welfare and crime. We cannot afford the influx of Muslim immigrants. They are not contributing to our our society in a positive way. They are costing us $7 billion in welfare and crime. And this is what de Graaf claims, and I'm quoting him. He says, the Netherlands must be de-Islamized. All mosques must be closed. Jihadists must be expelled and never allowed back. And the borders must be closed to people from Islamic countries. It's common sense, people. 
This is what de Graaf says. The Dutch government must commit itself to repatriation of Muslims back to Muslim countries so we will not be plagued with honor killings, cousin marriages, anti-Semitism, homophobia, animal abuse, rampant crime, and rape. This is serious. This is reality. This is what you get in Holland when you have Muslim immigrants. This is the contribution of Muslim immigrants to Holland. Seven billion dollars in costs to the Dutch taxpayer to pay for Muslims committing crime and going on welfare. This is what Netherlands, this is what the Netherlands gets for their seven billion dollars. They get honor killings. Cousin marriages, anti-Semitism, homophobia, animal abuse, and rape. That's what they get to pay for. Oh, joy, you get to pay your tax dollars, $7 billion in tax dollars, so you can be the recipient of increased crime. This isn't real. It's really unbelievable. The mentality that people can rationalize, allowing people into their country they know are going to deliberately cause harm. Shame on the governments of these countries that do not represent or protect their own citizens. Now you can go online, go on Facebook, and Google the pictures and the English translation of the posts of a woman who was attacked in Copenhagen on Christmas Eve by an Islamist cultural enforcer. I am not making this up. This is what Sharia does. An Islamist will patrol the streets and tell people in Denmark how they can and cannot dress. And a brutal assault of a woman named Nana Skovman in Copenhagen on Christmas Eve gives you an example of what unprovoked attacks are happening throughout Europe. Google and look up Nana Skovman's Facebook post. And the news coverage that went viral, alerting other Danes to be alert. She was attacked on Christmas Eve because an Islamist cultural enforcer didn't like how she was dressed. They beat up her boyfriend and they pummeled her face. Broken bones. Look up the pictures. This is what people are doing to peaceful, non-provocative Danish citizens who are minding their own business going out to celebrate on Christmas Eve. And yet she's provoked. I mean, a non, a non, this is not an isolated incident, and it was an, an unprovoked attack. He just didn't like how she was dressed. And only a few days later, this is what's happening in Denmark. A 39-year-old Syrian Muslim asylum seeker in Denmark he climbed into a window of a family's home in Grostad, it's a small village, to go in and rape their eight-year-old daughter. Her parents got to her in time with the help of a neighbor. But this is what's happening. Muslims do not, the Muslim immigrants do not adhere to the Western laws. It's perfectly normal to have sex with a child under Islam. Muhammad did it with Aisha. He married her at six and had sex with her when she was age nine. So the Syrian Muslim asylum seeker climbs into a window of his neighbor and goes in to rape their eight-year-old daughter. Thank God her parents were home to protect her. This is what's happening. Denmark's 10 News reports that eight out of nine ethnic groups who commit the most crimes in Denmark are Muslim asylum seekers. And where are these Muslim immigrants coming from? They're coming from Lebanon, Pakistan, Morocco, Turkey, Syria, Somalia, Iran, and Iraq. 
70% of the inmates in youth prisons in Denmark are immigrants, the majority of whom are Muslims. Now listen to this. Why are Muslims leaving Lebanon, Pakistan, Morocco, Turkey, Syria, Somalia, Iran, and Iraq? They're Muslim-majority countries. They can do whatever they want. They're not being persecuted. They don't need to seek asylum as Muslims to to leave Lebanon, Pakistan, Morocco, Turkey, Syria, Somalia, Iran, or Iraq. Why are Muslims leaving as quote-unquote refugees or asylum seekers? Because it's part of their civilization jihad. This is what Muslim, this is what Islam calls Muslims to do. They immigrate, they procreate, they infiltrate. It's why there are those no 56 no-go zones and 186 exclusion areas in Sweden. Those did not exist prior to Muslim immigration. It did not exist Nine, eight out of nine ethnic groups who commit the most crimes in Denmark are Muslim asylum seekers coming from countries where they are not actually being persecuted. So I ask you, why is Denmark allowing this to happen? Why are they allowing crime to escalate in their country, knowing that they are coming from Muslim asylum seekers from very specific countries? Why are all of these European countries creating agencies dedicated to integration. Muslim immigrants don't want to integrate. None of the integration programs have worked. Why is this? Well, Danish psychologist Nikolai Senels coins a term called criminal Muslims, and he asserts, and I've written about this in the Washington Times, you can Google it, Danish psychologist Nikolai Senels This is what he asserts, and I wrote about this in the Washington Times. You can read about it on my website, bethanyblankley.com. Danish psychologist Nikolai Senel says that Islam, quote, creates a psychology of an unhealthy culture that spawns criminal minds. This This led to a national debate in Denmark. And it was based his, on his extensive research and interviews and analysis because he was going to all of the prisons. And he was looking at why is there an influx of Muslim immigrants committing crime and they're all in our jails. And why is there, not, uh, why is there no improvement? If we have these integration programs and we're paying all of these taxes to integrate Muslim immigrants, why is it not working? Why are they all in jail? Because they reject Western laws. It's why they sneak into a neighbor's home through a window to rape their eight-year-old girl. It's why they have cultural enforcers walking around on Christmas Eve on Copenhagen to beat up a girl because they don't like how she is dressed. The assertion of a criminal Muslim mind as a, quote, psychology of an unhealthy culture that spawns criminal minds. He says that Muslims, quote, are taught to be aggressive, insecure, irresponsible, and intolerant. This is what is happening in Europe and in Scandinavia. The Muslim immigrants who want to turn their countries that they're immigrating into, they want to turn them into an Islamic state. That's why, gov- that's why these organizations exist called Sharia for Belgium, Sharia for Holland, Sharia for the UK, Sharia for England, Sharia for Australia. There are groups, Sharia for France. There are groups that are advocating and determined. They are relentless to transform Western countries into an Islamic 
state. And they do so through immigrating and procreating. And they do so by not following the laws of the countries that they immigrate to. They fill the jails and they demand conversion or punishment of death in jails. In fact, prisons are ripe ground for Muslim infiltration. So I ask you, is it worth it? Is it worth it for the Dutch taxpayers to pay $7 billion a year to pay for Muslim immigrants on welfare and in jail? Is it worth it? Are they contributing positively to that culture? Is it worth it that the majority of Muslims, the majority of crimes being committed in Denmark are by Muslim immigrants? Is it worth it in Sweden to lose 55,000 of your residents more than what came in a year in 1887 to America so that you can be the highest, you can be the number one country that has the highest number of rapes in Europe? Is it worth it? Sweden has the highest number of rapes in Europe and the lowest conviction rate. And the numbers directly correlate to the number of asylum seekers coming in from Muslim-majority countries. So I ask you, why are the Muslims, why are they leaving Lebanon, Pakistan, Morocco, Turkey, Syria, Somalia, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan? Why are they leaving Muslim-majority countries like Nigeria. Why are they leaving countries that they are in control of? They don't need to go to any other countries for asylum. They don't need to be refugees. You have to understand the concept and the purpose of Islam as a civilization alternative. There is a determined, relentless, motivated strategy. And even if you don't agree with that, is it worth it? to pay billions of dollars for immigrants to go on your welfare system and cause increased crime. What are the benefits to society? How are the governments protecting themselves? The reality is that they're not. And why they refuse to name Islam as an evil ideology that is destroying their culture and their and wonderful heritages of these very ancient cultures and societies throughout Scandinavia and Western countries. Why? Why wouldn't they want to preserve their heritage? It's an important question to ask because Americans are famous facing the exact same problem. We are facing the exact same threat through Common Core and immigration of 100,000 Muslims coming into America per month. 100,000 Muslims are coming into America per month. We'll talk about that on another show, but there is an Islamic infiltration in the United States as well. But what's happening, the violence that's happening on Black Friday with the black flag cannot be underestimated and it cannot be ignored. The black flag and the death of Black Friday of June 26, 2015 is a perfect example of why the Confederate flag and the rainbow flag are totally irrelevant. What is relevant, what is serious, is the black flag promoting death on every continent on the globe. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. Have a great July 4th weekend.